0: Hi, I'm Noelle. And I'm Mariana. And this is The The Bliss Bliss Project.
1: Project. We decided to start this podcast to share topics and information we are both passionate about.
0: And our intention is to share a positive message as we dive into wellness, spirituality, self-love, alignment,
1: and how life evolves along the way. And while having fun, of course. So join us each week as we connect, explore, and grow with one another and And you. you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of The Bliss Project. On today's episode, we're actually going to be talking with Paula Tapia, who is a yoga therapist here in LA. And she has a program that she teaches at LMU. And she's also um, attended and has taught uh, at a festival in India, which is really interesting. And she really just is such a wonderful person. I feel like Noel has known her for a really long time. Yeah,
0: we've been friends for a long time. She's one of my people. So I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation with her because she is one of the sweetest and most genuine persons, people. I don't know what the right word is that I know. <laughs> um, but it, I do. I'm glad she's going to share her work and her passion, which is yoga. And it, it will come across.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I hope that you guys will get to just really see, uh, you know, her own personal practices and, and what she does to keep in tune. And, and hopefully you guys can adopt that for yourselves as well.
0: Today, we are here with my good, good friend, Miss Paula
1: Tapia. Hi, Paula. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank
2: you so much. We're excited you. to have you. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, so we always like to start off by wanting to ask for you to give us a little bit of background of of yourself and where you came from and where you are today.
2: Okay. Um, Well, I am um, originally from Chile. I grew up in an island, um, Tierra del Fuego. It's in Paragonia, actually. Very, very isolated, I'll say, from the the continent. But it was absolutely um, a beautiful, beautiful time, um, just with probably no more than 10 families and um, surrounded by wildlife and nature. And um, from there, uh, I moved to the bigger city at around six, seven years. Um, And I spent pretty much all my upbringing years in the same region till I was 18. Um, I started during that time um, already having a very deep profound connection i'll say with um with nature and it came very natural for me just to have a very um big desire to have connection with with animals and and the universe in 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 a bigger way uh today well i've been in i'm in los angeles i've been here 21 years I came here when I was in my mid twenties, and um, I'm here. I'm, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a yoga therapist. I specialize in um, integrated health and lifestyle modifications, and uh, that's what I am today. It's kind <laughs> of a very what Bit brought trip. you to the
0: states? Like, what was that? Like, I gotta go yeah. be in.
2: So I gotta go to LA. <laughs> so, life. So funny! I was graduating from business school in in Chile, and um, I actually I went to business school, but I was actually not really
1: nothing to do with nothing nature. to do with business school. <laughs> you were more about nature, exactly.
2: <laughs> nothing to do with nature, nothing to do with energy, and and you know, very traditionally, I just went to school, got the degree, and once I was over with it, I was I was done with it. Uh, I just got an opportunity just to to take a little trip somewhere. I was not planning to come to L.A. Um, I was planning actually going somewhere else. But the interesting thing was that um, going to this other location became almost very complicated. And then within three weeks, um, I connected with a childhood friend who actually had lived also in the same island that I grew up. Oh, wow. Uh, You know, and he had been here in LA uh, for a few years and he was looking for a roommate. So within three weeks, I was here. And that's how I ended up in LA. And the big reason I ended up in LA was because of dance. I have a background in dancing. I dance my whole life.
1: I love to dance.
2: uh, (laughs) And of course, just the dance studios and the lifestyles of Los Angeles seemed to be something that could be really, really great for me in that moment. Also, learning English because I just spoke very little during that time. So. That was uh, what brought me here. I was supposed to come here for six months. I came to, you know, with the, with actually a a ticket that had my flight back for six months. And then I ended up extending it and taking courses and studying. And then eventually, uh, she's still here. Here. She she went went <laughs> here. She never went back. She never went back. Yeah. It's been That's been amazing. A long, it's been a long trip.
0: And then... As in, okay. Oh, no, go I was ahead. I say, so in the beginning when you came here, you were more into... Dancing and a career—that career path, if you will,
2: like the 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 lights and the sparkle
0: of LA. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting because I didn't know much about um, a lot of things about LA, but I knew about their dance studios more than anything. And I I always wanted to be a dancer. I danced my whole life and obviously being in, in southern america it, there was not many like opportunities just mm-hmm. to do that and do that for like a living unless i was you know joining to like a dance company and and go somewhere else uh, so basically i just gave myself that chance to just explore it and do what i really wanted to do i love it yeah
1: and then from coming in like to la and thinking about dance how did uh, yoga come in to your life and 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 play a part in that
2: that's a, actually that's a great question because i actually started uh, practicing meditation at a very young age on my own and i start kind of developing uh, energy rituals it came very almost like very intuitively intuitively yes mm-hmm. thank you and 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 i had this interest of 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 you know going deeper within and finding ways to explore, And the best actually um, way for me to communicate during that time was through the movement of the body. Um, it was not necessarily through writing like, like a lot of people do or through like, uh, um, you know, verbally communicating. I mean, there's so many ways that we can communicate, but movement of the body was something really easy for me to access and i always craved it and and then eventually um well doing doing being able to practice meditation and then connecting and linking the meditation with the movement of the body came up something uh, uh, something came came up very organically Mm -hmm. uh now the interesting thing is i was very familiar with you know being able to sit down and meditate and going within and having these rituals but I was not really familiar with the practice of the movement of yoga per se, like yeah. asana, and you know, understanding the 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 behind of every you know every movement that we practice in yoga, or techniques of, of, of specific techniques of breath work and stuff like that. Well, the the aches and pains of of. Uh, Practice of movement of my body. I'm a former national gymnast in my country, so I got, I got a lot of injuries. So the aches and pains of, you know, somehow abusing the body for yeah. so long just led me to start, you know, having issues, especially after the age of 30. So, you know, it's interesting because, um, the way we learn to relate to our body sometimes can be very aggressive Mm -hmm. and it's like we just learn how to beat ourselves up it doesn't matter what we do whether it's through sport or through like you know any other uh movement disciplines like this mentality of like no pain no gain yeah like it has
0: to hurt to work it has
2: to hurt and it's it's just a very very um big misunderstanding Mm -hmm. and and then and then just dealing with these injuries and also start understanding that it was something bigger bigger that I was not sure what it was but I wanted to get into it it's what led me to start you know digging into uh, yoga as a practice for myself I initially did my first two hundred hour program just f- as a life path? I wanted to get to know myself more, yeah. Yeah. and then the more I did it, the more I realized I want more. I yeah. want more, and um, and then eventually to deal with the injuries. That's how I started the program in yoga therapy, and 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 became a yoga therapist.
1: And I think it's so interesting too, um, like a lot of us neglect our bodies until we start Mm. feeling symptoms and it's just like and then people take something for the symptoms but doesn't necessarily get to the root of the problem and to like really connect with our bodies to understand why is it that i'm feeling this discomfort what am i doing how am i abusing my body and what can i do to help heal my body
0: well and sometimes finding like even i'll use yoga as an example of like I'm going to go use this to heal my body, but I'm also trying to do things that my body is not meant to do mm-hmm. in certain poses and in certain things that you, you know, certain ways of practicing that you think is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody says it feels good and it should right. be good, but it's, it's actually causing you more harm right. Right. than good, which is I'd like you to talk a little bit more about yoga therapy and what's the, di- why is it different? Why is it different than just your normal yoga
2: practice and mm-hmm. how is it um, more mindful? Mm-hmm. So, um, what yoga the therapy does it's um, it brings all the beautiful wisdom wisdom of the east the classical yoga tradition and it adjusted to the individual needs that we have here in the west we live absolutely different than the way people lived in India which yeah. is where mm-hmm. yoga comes from mm-hmm. and you know back in the day before big group classes yoga was given by a master to an individual student and those relationships there. Are very very sacred. Yeah. They are meant to be very um, sacred and and also personal in a way. Um, so understanding that every single human being has different backgrounds, different stories, different levels of flexibility, um, it's 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 can be pretty powerful for healing because healing is also so multidimensional. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to have or look. In which way, or in the other one, for every individual. And what yoga th- therapy does is, we use all the different tools from pranayama, breathwork, meditation, uh, movement-based practices like vinyasa flow, like asana-based hatha, y- yankar, uh depending on the on the on the individual. But there's also other practices like yoga nidras. Uh, sound healing or nada yoga mm-hmm. which is super ancient and then we have restorative modalities and when you have the right tools and you're able to use them appropriately in the moment at the given time for the individual, that can facilitate healing and having that available is just it's just very amazing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so cool how you've mentioned different types of yoga a lot of people just hear yoga and it's just the one it's cookie the workout. Cutter yoga you yeah. gotta just do stretches and poses and it's like there's so much more to that mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely um, as a yoga therapist um, I work a lot with people that have like chronic conditions and especially autoimmunity issues and usually behind behind the scenes, behind the diagnose behind the chronic pain behind the stress and the you know the challenges whether they're mental or you know uh, emotional um, there's always story and it's it's really it's really i find a privilege to be able to witness the uh, stories of the individuals and and kind of see them uh, go within and self-realize themselves through the process of connecting with their breath mm-hmm. through the process of connecting with the bodies th- uh, through the process of moving um and and that's pretty much what we do seeing um people dealing with this sort of conditions and and having things like improving their quality of life improving improving their quality of of sleeping um when they have the right practices the, our re- when we all have uh, the right practices for us at the given time our relationships improve Mm-hmm. whether it's at work with our significant other ones and, and uh, with our own bodies even our connection with our pain mm-hmm. and with our conditions that actually are not supposed to limit ourselves we're way more than a diagnose and are way more than even the assessments that I can make we're bigger than that so where we are able to access to that place of going within and self-realize it's where the, the beauty and the bliss happens you know I love that. I, I,
1: me too. And <laughs> <laughs> there too.
0: Well, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the yoga therapy program yeah. and how you got involved okay. in that. And you know, I, I personally know a little bit about it, but for those who don't know about the program at LMU, which is a school out here, uh-huh. share a little bit about that and how you started to, after going through the program, decided to also now become a teacher of the program.
2: Right. So. um well i did the level the the yoga therapy program one because i was dealing with injuries and i wanted to find more holistic ways to address my my injuries Uh, but also was really interested that the curriculum of the program is 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 really amazing it's led by my mentor dr larry Payne, and he's a founder of the international association uh, of yoga therapists and uh, it's it's just a beautiful program where we usually learn in the first year about musculoskeletal conditions, and then the second year is more internal medicine. Then the third year we bring all this information together, and then it follows the last year with um, with a practical clinical internship. So we get to work with uh, a medical setup and work with patients and work in a group with doctors and, and, and medical staff, which actually I find pretty amazing because um, I think the hope is that at some point, um, yoga therapy can be integrated yeah. as a mm-hmm. modality more and more and more, all over the the globe as a as a part of, of uh, of health. Yeah, integrated health
1: of yeah. healing. Yeah. yeah, of course, healing
2: and preventative. Yeah,
1: you know. I mean, there's a reason Absolutely. why it's been around for so long.
2: And yeah. you know, it just say something very important: preventive care, like uh, also like sometimes we wait till we deal with the symptoms and yeah until and we're not feeling up. so good and then we start addressing addressing what we can and sometimes you know starting way before it obviously uh, can be absolutely much better than the long term
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: currently I um, I uh, do mentorships for students that are in the level four of the yoga therapy program. And I'm also going to st- um, be doing mentorship for the level three as well. Uh, as they are getting ready for the... Don't mind Bodhi, my dog yeah. in the background, <laughs> who decided <We're> he
0: must <laughs> drink some water. <laughs> right as we're talking.
2: <laughs> I love it. He wants to get involved. Yeah. Uh, he, um, hey, Bodhi. I love it. It's so cute.
0: That's, that's real life guys we're in my kitchen and my dog <laughs> is drinking water it's <laughs> so, okay we all love Bodhi he's kind of the mascot of the <laughs> podcast so he deserves a drink <laughs> um okay Paula keep going yes. <laughs> um so yeah, yes you, yeah, so
2: I I do I do I'm, I'm part of the uh, mentors uh for the year four and the year three uh for the current yoga therapy program at LMU and I also been a uh, faculty guest faculty for the 200 hour program at the same university uh that it's offered so it's a
0: full four-year program like a four college yes. program
2: so actually it's a certificate program of four years and uh you know a lot of people um depending on on their interests uh, sometimes do the first two years or they do th- the third year depending on obviously of time uh for me completing the four years was actually uh, something i really wanted to do yeah and just i think it's amazing that there is a four-year program through a college that's you know Uh, i mean the four-year which is hands-on being in a medical setup and working with people that are experiencing the challenges of of health life and all of it it's it's it was very um it was a very big learning experience for me and actually it was kind of like the break point for me to be like oh my god I'm, a, I'm just this is really what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life I love this and this is what I'm supposed to be doing um, yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah. and then so and you balance that between so you work in a doctor's office yes teaching yoga therapy yes. and then you have private clients yes as well and then you've also been to India yes mm-hmm. to teach that, so.
2: yeah yes I've been um, I've been uh, going uh, to India for a few years. It's very interesting. Um, I uh, the first time I went to India, I ended up in this beautiful ashram, right next to uh, the Ganga, and and I sat down there, and feeling this amazing. Um, expansive love in the heart and i it felt like home and and my favorite my favorite time was just being in that ashram at the end of the day they do puja as they do celebrations and do what is called ganga arti which is like an offering at the end of the day at sun at sunset and you just get to honor um mother ganga and you get to chant and you get to repeat sacred mantras and it's done in just such a beautiful such a beautiful way. Uh, during that time I was in, in Parmar Niketan, which is my favorite ashram I had to say, in, in, in Rishikesh, and a few years later I, I always thought if I ever go back this is what I want to go back and few a years, few years later I get the invitation to teach at the International Yoga Festival in India that happens every year. It's one of the biggest festivals and uh, probably one of the biggest honors for me as a yoga student, as a yoga teacher, as a yoga charia. It's, it's just really wonderful to be able to be part of that. I'm very grateful and and humbled just, you know, to go. It's beautiful. I'll, I'll invite everybody that is listening if you have and ever do you had... Do you teach more of a
0: traditional yoga class there or is it more with the yoga therapy so Is it uh-huh.
2: so i teach i teach a couple of classes i i usually lead um i i have designed, design um a, a restorative program that i offered for um for yoga teachers and so i usually always include restorative class a restorative class or a mix of a restorative and gentle uh, yoga class movement-based but my classes always include uh, breathwork and meditation. It's never only movement. Uh, it's, there's always uh, breathwork and meditation at the end. And and then my the other class that I that I teach is therapeutic flow, which is an inspire inspiration of uh, vinyasa flow, but with the therapeutic aspects of it. Yeah. So I give a lot of options because I kind of like the idea that. Not everybody is supposed to be looking the same when we are practicing us and our movement or breathwork. We have to be given options, and and that's the beauty of, of yoga therapy that we get to celebrate our uniqueness, yes. our yeah. uniqueness, and we can see options, and then people feel like they are in a safe environment because it's not about compete with one another, but just yeah, being okay <laughs> or with looking where we are. a certain are. way.
0: You know. I mean, well, as I've yeah. gotten older, like, I, I always joke, I'm like, I used to, like, I didn't have a block, I didn't have a strap, I didn't have anything with me. Now I have two blocks, I have a strap. I'm like, can I have my water <laughs> bottle next to me, too? <laughs> 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 and do you have a bolster? <laughs> <I'm> so <sorry. laughs>
2: I love it. I like, I love how it. can I make
0: this practice more comfortable for my body? Because I'm not about shoving my body into a pose like I, I did it. in my 20s and even my 30s.
2: I love it, and that's such a liberating place to be. Oh, it's right. a very, mm-hmm. it's a very beautiful place to be. Just to be okay. Where am I? Where am I at? The movement is just to serve us as a vehicle, so we can just access the layers within ourselves, our energetic layers, our um, layers in the heart space. More important than anything is where are we in the heart space? Mm-hmm. How do we access the the samadhi, the bliss space? Yeah, through this body, through this breath, and nothing else matters really. Everything else is just external.
0: Me doing the perfect pose is not going to expand
2: my heart. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) as long as you feel good about the pose and what feels good to you, that that's that's the importance.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's all about the heart. Yeah.
1: So Paula, can you give us a little bit of insight as to the different rituals that you um, Mm. do for yourself to keep you in tune and aligned and to be your best self?
2: Yes. like daily rituals um well one thing one thing that i do and maybe some people might you know resonate with this because i'm a single parent so for many years i know, know we know you know story how well. it is <laughs> <laughs> So you <and> paula have <laughs> known each other for a long time know, with this one <laughs> so as a single parent the challenge is hey when do i meditate when do i practice self-care when do i take care of my body when i when do i journal when do i have time to my anything vision for board? myself <laughs> exactly <laughs> and actually yeah and and all these practices can have different different you know forms you know going surfing the beach or just going rollerblading can be you can turn it into your spiritual practice as well, so as
0: long as there's '80s music playing. Exactly.
2: No.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's important to know that, that these rituals don't have to happen every time, all the time, on the exact time at the day. You know, like exactly, we don't have to put that pressure on ourselves. No.
2: So, so the idea is, yes, especially when there's so much restriction around, or, or like it's it's very hard. Um, so it's important to give ourselves permission to do one thing a day that especially when time is restricted to do something that makes you feel that love within whether it is just taking a nice warm shower with your most favorite oil scent could be a mindful practice mm-hmm. whether it is just lying down and just receiving the love of the sun because being exposed to the sun can be very healing It can be listening to one of your favorite songs. I personally do have a sadhana, which is a daily practice. Uh, For me, it's very important. uh, Practice meditation and breath work uh, every day. In terms of movement, I go go with the flow, but um, because there are days where I can take classes with my own teachers and the classes will be movement-based, but I also do functional training. I like lifting weights and go to the gym or go for the run or ride my bike. So that kind of more like self-care. But as a daily ritual, I do have a, a sadhana a daily practice. It's not too long, it's, it's very brief. Um, and for a very long time, I have a challenge having it happen because of, of a child. Yeah. Uh, having a, 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 and being able to show up for, for, for a kid. Became a practice, yeah, and and, and it's good school to be lunches awesome. became a practice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and my kid became my really good teacher, right? Yeah. So there's one actually ritual that I do, uh, and I I do it when I can every single. I will say I'll do it at least five nights a week, um, and it's I go on night walks when it's that. dark. Um, I feel very privileged that I can do this. I go for walks at night, and and I just walk to through you know the the shore close to the ocean, and I just look at the stars, and most of the time they're around, and I connect with the universe, and I have these really profound conversations. I do what it's called walk-in meditation, and and for me it's very important because there's something very. Um, liberating and connecting with the rest of the cosmos and also being reminded every day at the end of the day that we're not alone. The whole universe is supporting us. We have all the elements that are here for us to support us in this journey. Um, so I think that w- that will be my, my, my most favorite. Ritual, the one that I crave for so much that I'm like, oh, I can't I wait wand. for, I <laughs> can't wait for my, for tonight. <laughs> Just the moon and I and the stars and.
1: <laughs> but I love the fact that your rituals are things that are attainable. They're not like again, you're not putting that extra level of, of stress on yourself to say i have to meditate for three hours right. straight and like or i have you to know, sign up for this still, thing and yeah. pay for this thing yeah. or do this thing you know oh, i have my like,
0: morning meditations my yes. morning walks with my dog and it's interesting because yeah. it's dark now mm-hmm. in the morning and i get out there and i'm like but it's so quiet it's and peaceful. it's literally like the moon because it's still out at right. 5 a.m and like me right. and the sun's starting to come up and i'm like it's it's been it's my favorite time um, like setting up my day yeah like and by the end of the day, I'm too tired <laughs> to go out. But it's it's it having that, you know, it's not just me getting up every day and walking my dog. Like, mm. I've made it a ritual. Yeah. And I've made it something. And not even, like, a, I'm going to make this my ritual today. It just kind of has developed into this time of, like, either gratitude or kind of affirmations or yes. setting up whatever my intentions are for the day, clearing my head, letting go of anything from the day before. Like, just this whole little practice. And it's, you know, 30 minutes in the morning, and I'm walking my dog, and I'm outside, and I can get back here and make a school lunch and be good with it, you know? <laughs> So it's like I think it's yeah. super important that it doesn't have to be. You must journal for ten minutes a day, yeah. or you must sign up for this
2: program in order for this to actually take and do something. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because if not, it becomes a, as, as a task. Now, it's very important also to 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 find those times, even if it's like five minutes. Throughout the day, yeah. when there's when there's not possible to have that consistency, also not to feel oblig- obligated to do it, mm-hmm. but try to find moments where you can connect with yourself because that was, that is ultimately what reminds us of our intention, mm-hmm. our purpose, and the more we're reminded of it, then it's easier for us to behave and act accordingly. Mm-hmm. because we cannot just stay with the intention we also have to make sure that when we think about what we wanted to create in our life is like how am i also going to um think about ways to to put into action for this manifestation this reality to happen as i wish mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's also what the self-cares and the rituals can be very very good at In those two days that where I usually don't go out at at night because whether it's raining, even though I've done it raining, it's gorgeous too. But if it gets too late or or I'm tired, (laughs) it's California cold. 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 Well, (laughs) I'm from Patagonia, so Uh, actually I put my my penguin hat and I'm fine. I'm happy. (laughs) But uh, the other thing that I do, and I learned this practice actually from my dad. We're having a beautiful conversation two years ago, and he shared, gave this idea, and I thought, wow, this is really good, and I start doing it. Those days, I just lie down in bed, I close my eyes, and I just um, visualize. I just picture or pick one moment, one memory of my day, one little moment where I could recognize beauty and it could be just maybe the floor that I saw in the street that I just took a picture of or it could be the gaze of my one of my cats or something something that was one moment that was beautiful one little second of my day that was beautiful and then I just start visualizing it and think about it and visualize the flower and how did the flower look like and what's the color and why did it feel so special about it and that I, I make it my last memory of the day and then I just close my eyes. And uh, I love that. And just kind of change the whole vibration because then when we're sleeping and maybe we're in, an, in a higher realm, you know, just the whole vibe, the you frequency You with the frequency, frequency, of, that's love, higher, yeah. that that frequency of love. There's some
1: frequency of love. As and
0: opposed to like watching something or like being on your phone and mm-hmm. c- taking in right? something that you you might not even be aware of how it's affecting you, but by not clearing that space before you go to bed, like you said, with something that's representing love or compassion or just okayness, yeah. in in can affect how yeah. you sleep and how Absolutely. you wake up the next morning.
1: And I think it's really important to like one one thing that you said was not to feel obligated, yeah, like to do these things for yourself. Because again, like anything that you have resistance with to start you you yeah. know that uh, there's resistance for a reason like it, it shouldn't feel like mm. that it should feel like something that mm. this shouldn't uh, be hard this feels good to do I yeah. need this and yeah. and the fact that you said like you know one beautiful thing yes. in your day like there has to be one beautiful thing at least one thing and if you can just hold on to that like it can really change so much for you
2: I find it that if the practices are short like when practices are short and sweet if we're having a challenge or a hard time making them happen consistently it almost seems like you know <laughs> almost like the beginning of dating in a way you know you get ready you keep it short it's sweet it's sweet <laughs> right exactly you, you know? don't overthink it it's you not know?
0: overcomplicated. You but just. but the keep thing it is
2: the thing is when you do have the little short practices if they make that shift yeah then we want more and then we go back for more and then the more becomes eventually more than two minutes and more than three minutes and then eventually we wanted to connect with that space so, so much that then the daily practice of seated just- It becomes a way of life. Comes mm-hmm. yeah. so, so natural that yeah. you don't have to think about it. It's so like it's a teeth. beautiful <laughs> way of transitioning yeah. from, okay, I create little moments of shorts and shortness and sweetness, practices that will make me connect with myself. Because ultimately, th- those practices will connect us with our inner intimacy, you know, yeah. we struggle connecting and being intimate with the rest of the world. You know, even with other people, and how are we able to create intimacy with the rest of the world if we're not we able to create, create it with, it with ourselves. ourselves? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think that's
0: hard for some people to do sometimes because it's like that actual moment of just sitting there and being in tune with yourself and like, like you said, that self-love, that yeah. like you know that you you have to have that self-love and that compassion and that right. energy for yourself before you can go out and have it for absolutely. somebody else absolutely
2: know. and most times i would say the system has make us behave in a way where we're always seeking it out and yeah. we don't s- know how to find it within those little rituals actually can be very helpful for
1: that and a lot of times for a lot of people, it can be really hard to sit with themselves because absolutely. they're so critical about themselves. Yeah. And yes. like again, forgetting to be kind with yes. themselves and compassionate. And so it's hard to sit and find, you, you know,
2: absolutely. You can't just tell someone, OK, let's think about gratitude if they're not feeling comfortable in their own heart. So mm-hmm. I found I find that this is when nature plays such an amazing, amazing, powerful role, because when we go on a hike, when we all spend time in nature, it's like everybody can notice a beautiful flower yeah. or a sunset.
1: Mm-hmm. You, or feeling, or the, the feeling the water in your feet, yeah,
2: Or, or, or you, you see a beautiful... Or you see a beautiful animal. And like, yeah. it, it's just... You can observe people around. N- nature has this powerful way of showing us th- the beauty that we're surrounded is that already exists within ourselves. And it can be a, such a great teacher because the moment we get to... practice to see the beauty outside through the leaves through the flowers through your animals through the sunset then we're able to start little by little open up the heart and be able to recognize it within ourselves
0: i was gonna say that it allows us to open up our heart in a in a way that's Mm -hmm. not scary yeah Mm -hmm. because it's something like you said as simple as a really pretty flower you know or a
2: really cute dog looking at you and you see people (laughs) are not afraid of beautiful flowers people are not afraid of the sunsets they actually crave that they we all our natural primal state once connect in nature because we're one with them yeah. we, are, we are one with it we are and nature. with all the <laughs> other yeah
1: absolutely yeah. well paula we always like to ask our guests as like a full circle question is mm-hmm. you know you're in this place where mm-hmm. you have been able to help people heal and find your bliss and, and what you do and we want to know what advice you would give our listeners in finding their own bliss
2: Find their own bliss. Mm. It's just, I think that the, mo- the biggest obstacle, obviously, is, is fear. And I'll say, don't be afraid of go within. Don't be afraid of great times for you to just connect with a flower. <laughs> and with the, and, with, the, and the, with the sunset and with the sky and just... Connect with the beauty, that beauty that is so available and accessible. Connect with your breath. Just connect, create little moments, do more of what makes you happy. And, uh, And the more we connect with the things that bring that, those sensations and those feelings from a place of no fear and with the surrendering that everything is already unfolding for us as it's supposed to be, then the heart starts opening up and it starts opening up and then we no longer behave from a place of fear but we just live from a place of love and if we can just be reminded of just no matter what be love, do love with yourself first show up for you in any form you can be loving, compassionate with you be kind to you and then you'll see how that's gonna somehow project and ripple through everything around you absolutely the magic and
0: the bliss the bliss i know it's like every i think we look so far outside of ourselves sometimes trying to find that validation and find that love and you know my own personal journey and you know what we've talked about many times is that finding that space within that peace within Mm -hmm. like it just changes everything yeah it really changes everything
1: and everybody has fears everybody experiences fears but the great thing is that we can also find courage yeah, yeah to yeah. push to find the love
2: the healing modalities there's so many of us and we all have one that we somehow use to help others and we're all kind of like like vabra ramda said like we're all walking each other home we're all yeah. here to, right so so what we do is through those healing modalities we kind of make one available and we just show the door and i said hey look at this door i'm gonna open it up but ultimately we have to choose to to go go through through it so just i'll say go through it just go you're not gonna regret it just go go with a heart and just and leave
1: yeah live with love i love (laughs) it i love it and paula if our listeners are interested in finding you where they where can they find you
2: Thank you. Um, so paulatapia.com, that's my website. They can all see me more uh, easily, I guess, uh, through Instagram. I am Paula Tapia, <laughs>
1: <laughs> And we'll put that in the show notes as well, so that will be available for our listeners too.
0: I love it. Thank yeah, you so much for joining you. us today oh, and having this conversation. Thank you, you conversation. so much. Yes. This was so
2: much fun. And thank
0: you, Bodhi, for making your appearance yes. as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye, guys. Namaste.
0: Oh, that was such a sweet conversation with Paula. We were so excited to just talk with her about yoga and just the sweetness that she carries about uh, all that she does. If you want to learn more about her, we have her information in the show notes along with ours. And next week, we are going to welcome Scott Kennedy. He owns Path LED. And if you are into red light therapy like we are, you will want to check out this conversation because his knowledge is off the charts. So see you next week.